Recording live from the LaSalle Street Securities Headquarters in Chicago. Welcome in to another episode of LaSalle Street Live. Hey everybody, how's it going? Zach Sandeman here, host of the LaSalle Street Live podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, just popping in here to give you a quick summary before you dive into another episode. While we've got you, I uh, just want to let you know uh, you can listen to this episode and all of our episodes directly on our website at lasallest.com slash podcast. So head over there, check out all the episodes of the LaSalle Street Live podcast, and then let us know what you think uh, over on Twitter. Give us a follow at lasallestsec. Use the hashtag LaSalleSTLive uh, when leaving your feedback. All right, let's get into it. In this episode, we are joined by Andy Crestadina, co-founder and CMO of Orbit Media Studios, a web and app design uh, company out here in the Chicagoland area. And Andy and I have a good conversation here about strategies that financial advisors can implement, simple strategies that financial advisors can implement to really take a step and uh, put themselves above the rest of the competition in terms of digital branding. So it's a great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Hey everybody, how's it going? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the LaSalle Street Live podcast. I'm your host, Zach Sandeman here, working in business development at LaSalle Street Securities, uh, recording this episode solo today at the home office. Um, our chief business development officer, Mark Conti, typically by my side in these recording sessions, is uh, representing the firm up in New York at uh, the International Junior Masters. Uh, so thank you for doing that, Mark, if you're listening, and uh, I will hold down the fort here on this episode of LaSalle Street Live. I won't be alone, though, because we are being joined by another special guest. Uh, today, the special guest is Andy Crestadina of Orbit Media Studios here in the Chicagoland area. Andy is the CMO and co-founder of Orbit Media Studios uh, joining us on the podcast today because he spoke to about 80 of our LaSalle Street advisors at the first ever uh, LaSalle Street Securities Growth and Innovation Summit last month, gave a great talk about personal branding, different strategies to help financial advisors establish digital presences online, and then enhance digital presences online and uh, the, the growth results that can come from those things. Uh, so Andy's company, Orbit Media Studios, they do web design, uh, search engine optimization. They can help you create blog content, a whole lot more. Uh, so Andy, thank you for joining me. And I don't want to sell you or your firm short, Andy. So why don't you jump on in here and kind of talk about the services that you can provide, not only to financial advisors listening, but to anybody who may have stumbled across this podcast. What can Orbit Media Studios do for them? We are web design and development going back 18 years. We have been uh, doing this for a long time. We're a team of 36. We don't outsource anything. Our industry is one where people tend to pass the ball a lot and, and um, send things overseas or do things with freelancers. But for quality, we try to do everything in-house. Everything is done in-house and on-site. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's more than a thousand website projects, but we're mostly known for our marketing, which is part of our topic here today. 
how to become better known for your advice, uh, how to put your your um, your best tips on the internet in a way that bring visitors to you, that grow your brand, grow your personal brand, enhance your reputation. So I love this topic, and I'm excited because uh, financial advisors are in a really specific niche with certain challenges uh, and opportunities. So this should be great, Zach. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, I'm looking forward to it as well. And yeah, you said some some interesting things there right away that I agree with, man. Um, with financial advisors, you know, uh, serving such an important niche and it being kind of easy to drill down into niches nowadays with with the help of firms like your guy, with you like you guys, right? You can help businesses drill down and find that specific niche digitally. And so it really, if the, if there's a business contracting with you guys, it comes down to, first of all, being there online and then creating unique and engaging content. And these financial advisors out there, many of them, I mean, we're talking about some veteran guys out there, guys and girls, veterans, right? People on our platform, for example, 50, 60 years old, you know, and have been doing their jobs at a high level, helping clients manage their money and build their retirement since before the internet. So many of them, you know, don't have websites, they don't have a digital presence. And, and it's something that, um, you know, to be honest, maybe doesn't hold them back because they're looking at it saying, well, I have this great successful business. But what you also have as a 50, 60 year old advisor is a wealth of knowledge about how to manage assets up in your head. You have so much information, so much expertise that you could share and just finding the right medium to get that information out there and not being shy about it can really take your business to the next level. So I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is strategies uh, for upping uh, your digital presence as a financial advisor and how impactful it can be. Two big opportunities right there. Experts. You know, our listeners here are experts and know a lot. They have decades of experience, many of them. And knowledge in categories that's really kind of a secret to most people, right? Why is there such a need for advisors? It's because this is not common knowledge. The, the, the details around the areas of expertise that our listeners have is, is vast and deep and people, and most people just don't know <laughs> anywhere near enough about it to make a decision. So that's the need for advisors. The other opportunity is that it's an industry with a lot of people who are hesitant to jump in to do anything in digital, which creates a giant advantage for those that do. It's an industry where it's very easy to have a big competitive advantage just by doing a few basic things. So very, very exciting to uh, talk to this audience and talk to you today. Yeah. So that's interesting you said that because before we started recording here, I had made the comment, you know, along those lines, I really think, you know, when you consider how many financial advisors there are out there and then consider how many are online and have a strong digital presence versus, you know, how many just kind of maybe have, you know, some, some paper marketing and build their business through word of mouth in their communities. I think if you are an advisor who simply takes the action of launching a website, you know, paying $1,500, $2,000, whatever the price may be to put a basic, web, a basic website together with a contact form and a, a picture of you, your office, you know, basic websites that you exist online, I think that immediately puts you in the top half of advisors in terms of digital branding, right? You, you, I would say that less than half of advisors currently are in that position right now. 
That is amazing. I wish I was in an industry where you could have such a massive competitive advantage with such a small effort. <laughs> it's the it's the fear. The fear of the other financial advisors creates an opportunity for those that are willing to take even a small step toward it. And you know what? You said word of mouth. There's a magic here. If if you are meant, if you are referred to someone by someone, what do you think happens in the next 10 seconds? They look for you online. So you've got two options. One is to be relevant and present in digital, and the other is to be irrelevant or absent. That It's that simple. So bottom line, sure, you might say, okay, there's people listening to this. Let's be just super direct. Let's be honest. People are listening to this thinking, I am not allowed to talk on the internet. That's what they're thinking. But, but in fact, you can definitely have a resume. You can definitely have a presence. You can have a place online that in that lists your credentials, that lists your experience, right? In a general way, you know that the happy things about you that you can say, you know, just even years experience, you know, clients, uh, industries you've worked in. So yeah, if if someone is referred to me, and this happens, and this happens for financial advisors, Andy, you really should talk to X. Okay, maybe I don't know them. Don't recognize the name. Let me look it up. So go Google yourself. Just Google yourself. Most people never Google themselves and see what you see. Is that what you do? You like what you see? Okay. Maybe you've got a common name and a bunch of other people came up with you when you Googled your name. But remember, I'm looking for you. So I'm going to type in then financial advisor or Chicago or something that drills me down. Of course, I'm going to keep looking if I don't see you in the first search result, or I'm going to look for you directly on LinkedIn. What do I see when I look for you? That is your choice. You decide what I see when I look for you because you can polish your LinkedIn profile. You can create a basic bio on your website and you can control your personal brand in digital with very little effort and cost. So why not at least do that? Right. Yeah. And I think um, maybe it's it's a little bit of uh, people look at the the vast internet and think, oh man, that's a lost cause, right? Like what, am I really going to organically rank near the top for a, a search when a potential client is looking for an advisor in his or her area? Well, no, and, and I don't think that that needs to be your goal as an advisor. I think you just need to, be, as you said, be able to pop up when somebody searches directly for your name. Uh, and even if that website isn't going to convert the business right away, what it does is it checks the box, right, of, of that layer of credibility. Oh, okay, this advisor has a website, you know, this is a credible business operation here. All right, let me make a note of this and, you know, I'll call this person and, you know, maybe have a conversation, kick the tires and see what happens, you know. Yeah, assisting word of mouth. Because if you don't have that, it's actually not, it's not just that you're missing out on the chance to do something positive. It's that you're leaving something a negative. You, you shouldn't, I should find something. Right. right? It's, you, you look it it hurts your credibility if you don't have at least a basic presence and at very least on LinkedIn. That means contemporary, just a, a current headshot. That means a relevant description. That means you know, you've listed your skills, your expertise, you've got a recommendation or two, your headline makes sense. And, and someone can look at that and say, oh yeah, this person's got certifications, they're accredited, they've got some you know license, whatever the thing is, it should be there. Just finish your social profiles because that LinkedIn profile may very well rank for your name. So yeah, if you, if you want word of mouth, you need to support that word of mouth with a little bit of help. So uh, this is step zero. Let's do that at least. That's step zero.
Right. So, so moving beyond that, right? I think, I think the main takeaway here in the first 10 minutes of this episode is if you're an advisor out there, you need to have a website, right? If you don't, um, hey, don't be ashamed of it because at the end of the day, most advisors, most independent advisors who aren't affiliated with large wirehouse type firms that'll put together a website for you upon onboarding, right? Most independents probably don't have websites either. So there's nothing to really feel bad about. It's just an opportunity. It's an opportunity to put together a simple website and take a real step. Uh, and so I think it's just something that, that you need to do. Um, and so in terms of how to do that, you know, I mean, you can contact a company like Orbit Media Studios. What are, what are the other options? And can you quickly kind of boil down what that process would look like? A financial advisor calls you, Andy, and says, hey, listen to the podcast. I need a website. You know, what would you take them through? How would that process get started and finished? Yeah, you want to make a site that basically tells your story. What did you do uh, to start this this practice? Uh, who do you work with? What do you care about? What are you worried about? What are you hoping for? What do you believe in? You're basically emulating a sales conversation on a web page just through your basic about page. Now, you don't have to launch into a major blogging campaign or a, have a social media strategy to be present. Have an online presence. And, and there again, you should look human. You want your people there. Your other advisors, your practice has the faces of the people that work there. Just like a basic professional services site in any category, right? Like lawyers, they don't hire the law firm. They hire the lawyer. You are the, it's an advisor category. So you're trying to demonstrate your own expertise. So you've got a basic page, you know, several pages. They talk about the history of the firm and the why and the passion story, the origin, what people believe, your expertise. Next, I recommend having at least a few pages, sort of articles that talk about how you've solved problems before and to demonstrate some expertise. If you just make it a brochure, everybody's brochure is going to sound the same. We're good. We've been around for a long time. We do things. We help, we help people. Um, we care about people. But if somewhere in there, it's like the industries you, you've worked with and those pages basically list out stories of how you've made a difference using evidence. Websites can either be filled with unsupported marketing claims or they can use evidence to support those claims. Fill your site with evidence. Yeah. And what that sounds like right away, you know, you start giving these, these examples of things that could live on these websites. What that starts to sound like pretty quickly is content creation. It sounds like, you know, okay, uh, almost maybe a blog and, you know, an advisor talking about what he or she has done in the past to, to help out previous clients. Right. And that kind of stuff can, can take on the form of what is engaging content on a website that can drive people to to check it out. And so it leads me to my next question for you. You know, after an advisor has set up the website, okay, they've listened to the 15 minutes here in this podcast, they've decided, all right, I need a website. I call Orbit Media Studios, I call advisor websites, I call some other firm that I know can put together an affordable website for me. I answer a few questions, tell them my story, you know, send over my bio, my headshot, picture of my office. It gets put together relatively quickly, affordable. We're good to go. We're online. People can find me by searching my name. What's next? Is it social media? I heard you mention the LinkedIn profile. Is it that? Is it content creation? Is it SEO, PPC? I mean, what there are so it gets really expansive and deep after the website. But what is most important? What's second in line in your opinion? So I'm let's say I'm a financial advisor. I've got a, an up-to-date LinkedIn profile that shows a bunch of expertise. 
I've got a basic website that talks about me on my about page, talks about my audience on these sort of case study pages we kind of described. I've got personality and people and evidence and credibility. If you And, and if you look for me online, you'll find me. Next, I would like, let's say I am doing orthodontists. I would like to be visible to these orthodontists and to... And a little bit of PR is going to go a long way. So what I'm going to suggest next is kind of shortcutting a big blogging or social media strategy. But if I know that orthodontists are reading this publication or looking at this blog, and by the way, I could find 55 blogs for targeting orthodontists in three seconds, I want to be in that content. I want to be on that website. So if I, if I can do two things write a list of six things that every orthodontist should be thinking of when they're planning their taxes. Okay, everyone listening to this note can make a list of six things an orthodontist should be thinking about, right? <laughs> this is, you know, and if I can build a relationship with an editor on one of those publications, I can all of a sudden, right? I'm going to I'll be I'll be in the top 0.1% of financial advisors as soon as I start writing articles for publications my audience reads niche publications that are super relevant to a specific group of people, my content super relevant to that specific group of people. So now I'm going to, so how do I do that? I've demonstrated some expertise on my own site. So any, so an editor who looks me up can see that I'm an expert. And how do I build the relationship with that editor? I can find them on LinkedIn. You can find everybody on LinkedIn. So just, I'm not using social media to post random stuff on Facebook I'm using social media to find and begin relationships with editors of niche publications. I'm networking, social media networking. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, as, as odd as it sounds really is um, this digital networking between really anybody with, with a message to spread and an editor or just a writer sometimes uh, of a publication it is a little bit rare because I've seen some success in my efforts in terms of just like sending direct messages to editors at publications. Um, first and foremost, when it's a local publication, right? When we're just trying to get into like a, a neighborhood newspaper around here to spread our message to the advisors in our community, which is something that a lot of financial advisors are going to be interested in, right? Is spreading that message locally. I mean, local journalists, local editors for your neighborhood publications, they will respond to you. You know, I mean, they're, they're not swamped and bogged down with tons of story options every day. So there's opportunity there. But even at those industry level publications, like, for example, Financial Advisor Magazine, InvestmentNews.com uh, in the financial industry, we've as a small firm out here in Elmhurst, Illinois, you know, a blip on the radar, we've been in those publications and it's it's been a simple act of reaching out to the editors at those publications the different journalists you know retweeting their stuff pushing it out you know saying positive things about their work getting to know them personally via a few email chains leaving some voicemails getting some calls back and just talking and you know pretty soon it's like okay yeah we've got space to talk about you know a new 50 million dollar advisor team that you guys that you guys brought on and so that same thing can happen for a financial advisor as you said it's just about you know forming those relationships and i think what it comes down to in general really is just taking kind of just kind of taking risks you know and and being willing to not be shy about spreading your message and trying different things mhm yeah stick your neck out a little bit that's how to be if you want to be in the top 1% just do what 99% of people don't do. 
and, and they're not taking any, most people are in their comfort zone. They're not taking any risks at all. They may be in the comfort zone may not be the happiest place to be. Some of these, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, who pick up the phone and cold call, you know, a couple times a day, trying to build relationships They go to events. They, they're putting themselves out there, but they're doing it in the most expected way, in the most competitive context, in the most difficult way to connect. The, the beauty of uh, content and digital is that there are these um, clever ways to make yourself visible to a huge group of people by starting not with the pitch, but starting with the help. It's, it's, it's about the help, not the hype. You're trying to start by giving your expertise away a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's, it's, it's simple stuff, you know. Um, you can really, you can play with the big boys really as a small player if you leverage these digital tactics. And we've seen that here at LaSalle Street because we have, you know, we have a Twitter presence, right? And we, we aren't, we have like 350 followers maybe, you know, we're not killing it by any stretch of the imagination in terms of our outreach on Twitter. But what we are doing is engaging in conversations with large financial advisors with 20, 30,000 followers. You know, we're engaging with the editor of investment news, the editor of financial advisor magazine, and they respond to us. Right. And so they know who these people are because very few other small independent broker dealer firms like us are reaching out to them in these, these mediums. And so in the event that those bigger players ever are asked, hey, do you know of any small independent firms? I'm, I'm, you know, an advisor in a different part of the game, thinking about, you know, joining a new small independent firm. I mean, our hope is that because we're the only ones who have been exposing ourselves to some of these other people who have more influence, that you know, word of mouth would then spread in in that way from our actions that we took online, and we think advisors can do the same things. Everyone understands word of mouth, but not everyone has really realized that digital is really just facilitated word of mouth. It's social is social, online or offline. Social media sounds and blogging sound like big, scary topics. I would never do that. I can't do that. They come up with excuses. I have no time or I'm not allowed to. You're allowed to do word of mouth marketing and, and, this, and you're just doing it in a bigger room. You're allowed to walk into a room and, and tell people who you are and what you do. Everyone's allowed to do that. Digital is just a different room. Yeah, I wanted to get your perspective on on something along those lines as well. Um, your opinion. So there is, uh, you know, when it comes to content creation, when it comes to finding ways to get your message out there as an advisor or even as a firm like us in the financial industry, uh, what you see a lot of, and I'm not sure if this is true about other industries as well. Perhaps you can clue me in. But what you see a lot of is like canned content right? Like repurposed content, like, oh, I'm an advisor. I'm going to, I found this article on this database that I pay X amount of money per month to use. I'm just going to copy this content and send it out. And the next month I'll copy this one. I'll send it out. And sometimes it works, you know, sometimes the, the people you're sending the content to actually can benefit from that, that canned content. Um, Other times they're not even really looking for it. They're just looking for you to touch base. Right. And so you send something over, they don't read it anyways, but they see your name come across. And that was something that we wanted to get away from here at the firm level because we thought, you know what, what, a, what an easy way it is to just, if everybody's doing that, right, let's just deviate from the norm here and just do something different, create our own content with our own tone of voice, something that's unique, something that's more engaging because it's not so expected. So I'm wondering kind of 
what your what your opinion is on that. Like if an advisor said, Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to copy and paste these blog articles and send them out to my clients, you know, that versus creating your own typing a paragraph or recording yourself talking about a topic. I mean, where do you stand on, on those, on, on that debate? Well, if it works, I'm, I like it. And if you can find a low cost, cheap, fast source of, of content that works great. It's very unlikely, though, for that to work because that content tends not to be unique for that brand, right? It's not that's not your advice. That's generic advice that you thought was legally approved by someone, and so you're just slapping it into a email or something. So, it, what it's going to work? Any any article is going to work if, when that person is exposed to it, they take the very first tiny step, which is to click on the headline. So, step one is to is See, uh, success is a giant chain, and whether that and that person has to foresee that thing either in their inbox or in social media or somewhere. Maybe it was emailed to them by a friend. Somehow that has to become visible to them. And the first thing they're going to do, you know, is look at the headline. Is it relevant to me? Is one of the very first things they're going to wonder. It, oh, this is financial advice for orthodontists. I'm an orthodontist. Perfect. This is relevant to me. Do I care about financial advice today? If I do, I'm going to click. So the, the job of the headline is to get the visitor to click. The, so it has to work with the ROI calculation in their brain. Is this headline, is the return on the investment of clicking, is the return worth the investment of three seconds of my attention? So everyone does a tiny cost-benefit calculation before they click on headlines. Now I've, got, now I've opened it. Does the first paragraph hook me? Does it seem like there's going to be value in here? If yes, I'll keep reading. Does the second paragraph, did it teach me something, give me useful information? If yes, I will keep reading. So regardless of the source of the content, that thing is going to work or not based on how well the headline got them to click, how well the first head, the first paragraph got them to stay, and so on down the article. To do that, it probably has to be something that is at least somewhat differentiated. And that canned content really isn't likely to do that. So if you've got unexpected advice, if you've got different advice, more practical advice, if you've got more advice, 52 things an orthodontist should consider, you know, before, uh, you know, about their financial future. That's, that's something that, so one question is targeting. The second question is, uh, does it, does it, uh, capture or hook me? And then third is, am I going to be impressed when I finish reading this? Or was it just another watered down thing like everything else? It could work if you've got a, you know, you need something to fill your calendar, your email publishing schedule. Maybe it would work to have canned content, but I, in my experience, it's far, far more effective to publish fewer things that are higher quality and come from a more personal point of view. That's sort of the the key, the killer combo. I talk a lot about things that we're doing here at the firm level and how they're working when it comes to this this topic, this whole digital branding thing, and you know. I think it's important because although we're not recruiting end clients, I think advisors can look at the things that firms are doing and say, well, if I just take that and apply it to what it's like to get a retail investor to see my value, I, you know, it's the same thing. So, I mean, we're doing these things here. And when we launched this podcast, it was born out of the idea that, you know, let, let's not just send one pagers with our value proposition, you know, in bullet points after a greeting on a letter, you know, 
that's what every other firm was doing. Why don't we like do something to show our personality and show that you can form a good relationship with us and see how that would benefit you? And I think that's even more important for advisors. You know, what advisors might not be thinking about is creating content, whether it's a blog post or if it's something that one of those next level pieces of content, like an audio podcast recording or a video. It's an opportunity for you to showcase who you are as a person and how you're trustworthy and how you can be engaged in a conversation and form a relationship with somebody. Even if it's just something that you're writing, you writing your own content gives the opportunity for you to put a voice, you know, a writing style together and write something out that, you know, a reader would would engage with more and say, hmm, I like the way that that was written. This person really is a an engaging writer, you know, um, this was different. There were some jokes put into this post, you know, uh, something like that, you know, like not just basic content. And, and, you know, from there, it gets way easier with audio and with, with video, right? Like if you're watching a three minute video of an advisor, you come out of that video thinking, oh yeah, I definitely want to talk to that person. He looks engaging. She looks engaging. They're looking at the camera and raising their voice and, you know, uh, emphasizing certain things, you know? And so that's the, the hidden part of this, content creation aspect that people don't really recognize. It's an opportunity underlyingly to showcase yourself as somebody who uh, should be engaged with and would be a good person to connect with and have a good conversation with. Yeah. That's, that's uh, does the reader or does the viewer feel like they're talking to you? Do they feel like you're talking to them? Do they feel like they're in a conversation? And a lot of people, this is a writing trick. If you turn on the camera, which probably only a tiny percentage of our listeners would do. I would love to see it. It's so compelling. It's the most compelling format. Video is the most powerful format for content. But let's set that aside. For the writers, if you're trying to, uh, it's a writing skill to be able to write like you talk and and to remove that circuit in your brain that makes you sound like a grad student who switches every simple word for a complicated word. You got to take that stuff out and make it feel more conversational by being more direct. So use some very short sentences, uh, use some unexpected words. Don't add all that long, jargony, qualifying language. Don't write three really boring sentences at the beginning. Everyone knows that in these challenging economic times, the financial advice is more important than it. It's like that's like listening to someone clear their throat. You know, don't write anything that's boring. Trim it down and make it just really direct. Make it unexpectedly, disarmingly direct and, and just say what you mean in brief terms and move on to your next point. It's hard to do, but it's critical skill. You know, we're trying to show financial advisors that just by taking basic steps digitally, very simple, basic, and, and honestly cost-effective steps, you can leapfrog the competition because very few financial advisors out there have strong digital presences. So simply by starting a website, contacting a firm like Orbit Media Studios or you know any of these other ones out there, paying a small fee when you really consider what you're getting, getting a website put together with a few pages, a contact form so that you exist when people Google you, when they hear about you. And then from there, building out your LinkedIn profile so that when people search uh, for your name within LinkedIn, they see your face and they see some credible information in your work history and how many years you've been doing it. And just existing in these formats, immediately you become, in my estimation, in the top half of advisors because there are so many who are not doing this. And then from there, you're on the horse. 
And then it's like, what more can I do? Ooh, that was exciting. And, and I'm seeing some results now. People are talking to me. Oh, I saw your website. It's great. Okay. It's inspiring. It's motivating. What's next? And then maybe that leads to content. Maybe that's how you get these advisors to turn the camera on. So it's about getting started small, seeking help from companies like, like yours, Andy, and, and then just, you know, seeing what happens from there, taking some small risks at the beginning and learning as you go and really taking these next steps to digitally grow your business and just seeing the results that happen. So um, I think, you know, an advisor listening to this can, can walk away saying, you know what, it's really not that hard. I, I think it's harder than it is to get started digitally. I'm going to give it a shot. So Andy, anything else that you want to add before we wrap this episode up? I'll give one last tip. Even if nobody visits your website, that piece of content, that article, that helpful, useful piece of advice that you put into under your on a page on the internet is still very valuable because the next time you talk to a prospect who has one of those concerns or challenges, you can email them the link. Content is a sales support tool. It's an act of networking when you're collaborating with someone else, another advisor or an editor. But it's a it's a way to get yourself out there and grow awareness when you publish content that shares your advice, put it on LinkedIn, put it on your website. But it's also sales support. It's sales support because if you ever talk to an orthodontist who says, yeah, I've got a question about, you know, all this equipment I'm buying, like what are the tax implications? Hey, I've got the answer for you. It's right here. I'm going to tell you on the phone, but then I'm going to share this link so you can share it with your partners or with your, you know, other planners, or you can, you can, uh, if there's other decision makers about who you're going to work with as a financial advisor, you can share this. Now your expertise is flowing through organizations in ways that it couldn't have done just through phone calls. Because content is portable. They can they can share it with, uh, they can send it along to other people. So articles make you more credible, whether in marketing or even just in sales. Thank you for listening to another episode of the LaSalle Street Live podcast. As always, if you're an independent financial advisor out there looking to explore your options, we'd love to talk to you. You can reach me by email, Z-A-K at lasallest.com that's l-a-s-a-l-l-e-s-t dot com or you can call my cell phone anytime 708-828-0050 my name is zach sandeman working business development here at lasalle street securities and i would love to speak to any listeners out there interested in considering making a change i'd love to connect you with mark our chief business development officer who you also heard from in this episode we can talk about the future. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time here on LaSalle Street Live.